um, I, well, I had the opportunity to go and um, be part of a, like an incredible worship environment. Um, and uh, and it, it was it was really interesting. It was a, it was a worship environment. Um, it was a different religion, but it was an interesting worship environment. And um, and it was at a temple. And uh, and I was just I was amazed at how um, engaged these people were. And it was like they were all there for the same. Like for the same reason, it was really. And I'm like, man, I could learn so much from from this group of people. They're worshiping a different God than than uh, than maybe I normally worship. And uh, but like it was crazy. Like um, th- they they were so like even like their bodies were into it. Where they would just um, it was almost like spontaneous. Like they would stand at certain moments and cheer, and they would like they would yell and it wasn't always the things that I would want to yell but they would yell like just in favor of it was interesting though they were they were super engaged like right at the beginning and uh, but as some of them some of them like stayed engaged like the whole time even to even to the very end but some of them got disengaged as they started like not liking some of the things that were going on in their in their worship environment I was <laughs> it was really interesting to see how um, it's it's really comparable to to even Christianity and how we do, but it was it was an it was an odd time. It was like two thirty in the afternoon um, yesterday. Um, went about man, the service it was crazy. I mean, I've been to some long services, but I don't know. It was like it must have been it must have been a good four hours or so. Um, so you guys have nothing to worry about here because we're not gonna we're not gonna go that long, but. Um, it was it was really interesting because the their emotions um, as as everything started going a different direction, um, and and all of the like the the um, you know the the people involved were a bunch of teenagers and their and everyone's emotions were affected by a bunch of teen. I just thought it was really interesting too because it was the very first time I've been a Husker fan my whole um, I've been a Husker fan my whole life um, because my my dad grew up in Lincoln. And uh, and yet it was my very first time to go to the temple, <laughs> and to be a part of that environment. Um, it was good. It was a really good learning experience, guys. So um, you can learn a lot. <laughs> I figured one or two would at least be catching on by that. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a really good time. I had a great I had a great time. Um, I think maybe one more little little takeaway it was was this there was a lot of different personalities um over 87,000 different personalities there and uh and yet um everybody was engaged at some level regardless of personality there were some there were some people behind me that were way too engaged now it's a dry stadium but they snuck something in I mean you know they were way way engaged behind me um, but there's others. Um, most everybody stood at times. Most everybody, like, I mean, so it was just interesting to see that regardless of personality, that they were all there, and uh, they were all worshiping one thing. And uh, so can I just challenge us to, um, man, there is so much more to be excited about in the kingdom. There really is. 
right? Thanks. There's so much more to be excited about. I love um, football. I, I look forward to it on the weekends. It's one of my one of my hobbies, one of my things. Man, and it is there is oh Jesus is so much more amazing. I know you know that. I know I'm not like trying to convince you, but can we just agree for this moment? Like he is so much more. I mean, what he did for us on the cross, and even if he never did one more thing, the the victory over death and the grave and the fact that we we have the opportunity to go to heaven instead of hell and all of that stuff and we get to come here like once a week and tell him thank you for all of that on top of anything else he might have ever done for you has he ever done anything beyond just that for you like anybody like there's so much more and we get to come once a week and like and express our thanks to god and so this is not a this is not a message of uh of, hey, I can't believe you like Husker football because <laughs> I do too. But it's just, can we put things in perspective? All right, good, good, good. I just thought I would um, start off with that because then we're going to go right into fully engaged giving today. So hit you with both, both of those things. I'm, we're, are, we all, are we all here? Because that was kind of, that was kind of funny. I, I thought, but. all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Hey, um, so let me get back on track here for a second. We, so we're, um, we're in this series about being fully engaged. And here, here's my thought is th- there's a few things that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks that if, that if we were all fully engaged in these, I think that it would represent um, who God wants us to be as a follower of Christ. Now, he wants you to be fully engaged just as a believer in life out there. Um, and I also believe that at some level we're called to be fully engaged in this body of Christ too. So there's going to be a bleed over. If you're not part of this church and you're coming to just check us out, like, like this applies to you. Um, and you can go be fully engaged wherever you're at. But also, um, I, I think it's going to affect us um, as a church to be fully engaged. Last week we talked about fully engaged worship. And I, and I really pushed on the fact that that. Fully engaged worship re- requires our, our body and our voices and kind of just sacrifice and laying that down. Um, but this is, this is where, where it's going. Our, um, our vision as a church is, is really this. Our mission is to develop fully transformed followers of Jesus. And we do that by helping people encounter the presence of God, grow in their walk with God, and release their gifts from God. When you walk in the, the building on the wall, you see encounter, grow, release. Like, that's kind of, we're like, that's, that's how, in fact, we think that a fully transformed follower of Jesus uh, does that. Like, like, at some level, encounters God's presence. At, at some level, is growing in their walk with God, and then eventually, like, starts to, to release their gifts from God, and then it's kind of like rinse, repeat, right? And you just, you kind of keep doing, keep doing that. Um, and so in that, as a fully engaged follower, a few weeks ago, I was just, I was in prayer and I'm like, I'm like, Lord, what does it look like to be fully engaged? And obviously the very first thing was, I felt like he talked to me about was worship. Can we start there (laughs) being fully engaged in worship? And, and here's, this is what I know is that if you don't, if you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, if you've never made that commitment to him, um, or you like him, but you just haven't kind of fully dove in yet, it's, kind of, it's silly for you to be fully engaged in worship. Like, that's not, he's not your savior yet. He's not your Lord yet. Um, 
so I, I wouldn't expect that of you. You shouldn't expect that of yourself. And, and there's no need to like fake it till you make it. But if you're, a, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've made him your Lord, like absolutely we expect that out of you, right? And there's gonna be moments when, when in life when it's hard and, and we're tired and all that, but come on, get engaged, right? Uh, today, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk a little bit about fully engaged giving. And maybe it's not exactly what you think. Here's the main thought for today. Fully engaged giving requires a heart of worship and a realization that it's all God's anyway. Okay? So if I want to be fully engaged in, in giving, I, it requires a heart of worship and a realization that it's all God's anyway. And so we want to talk about those couple things today as, as, uh, as we move on. Here, here's, um, when we heard the, hear the word give, we often think about money. And today, we're, yeah, we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about resources. But giving goes far beyond just that. And, uh, but someone may wonder, like, you know, how often do I preach on, on giving? And uh, I preach on giving probably every week in the sense that you're, you need to give your life to him, every aspect of your life, every crook and cranny like my mom likes to say, right? Like, you give it all. Lay it all down, you know? Uh, salvation's a free gift, but it'll cost you everything. But I preach on giving money every so often. It's about the heart. Um, some people, and, and I know it's nobody in here, but there's some people like, like out there that, that'll say, well, they're just after your money, right? We're talking about churches. They're just after your money. And, you know, and send your money quick. And if you send a, you know, a donation, we'll actually, I think, to, don't we have like, um, um, we've prayed over pens, and we're going give, to give those to you if you give a donation today. But they'll just say, they're just after your money. They're just after your money. Listen, God is after your money. You want to know why? Because he's after your heart. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I'm not after your money, but at some level, God is. At some level, God is. And that doesn't mean that, that, that you know, when we do like the Sunday morning stick up when the, um, when the plate goes by, that doesn't mean that, that necessarily that, that means where you have to give, but it does mean God is after that place in your heart. Most of the time, like, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay on script. I'm going to stay on script for a minute. He's after your heart. If he can get your wallet, he can get your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, is what the Bible says. Um, so this is what I've learned. Money is one of the great revealers. And, and you guys know this because um, uh, we, we, you've, you've seen some of the statistics on, on when someone wins the, the lottery. By the way, if you don't, if you don't um, play, you can't win. just want to let you know that. But um, <laughs> take, taking that one back. But you've, you've heard those statistics on, you know, that someone wins the lottery and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't change everything for the rest of their life because the, their same mindset on money, their same, you know, it's like it's gone like a year later. It's gone a couple years later, right? Be, because uh, money reveals. It, if I, um, you know, if I gave you a million dollars right now, it would expose what's already there. 
It's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a magnifying glass of, of what's going on in your heart. Are you a generous person or are you, are you a stingy person? Do you trust God? Do you not trust God in that area? We'll find out. We'll find out. That, and this is part of why, as we get a little bit later on in here, you start to see that, that, that God says if he can trust you with a little, he can trust you with a lot. If he can't trust you with a little, he can't trust you with a lot. Money's a great revealer. It exposes mindsets. It exposes attitudes. It exposes conditions of the heart. Do you know that you could, you can give, you could even tithe. Tithe, if you're, if you're new to the faith um, or just haven't been around church, tithe it means 10%. And the Bible talks about God um, requiring a, a 10% um, giving to him um, of, of, our, of our income. And, um, but do you know that you could give, you could even tithe and not be right with God? Like you could. The, the Pharisees did that. You know that you can give and it not be an act of worship? So like today, what I'd like to talk, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. Look, what, what, I'd like to, uh, what I'd like to talk about today is, is the heart behind. Like I want to talk about worship with our giving and, and not just a, a religious action um, because I think that if we can get our hearts right in that area, well, then everything else just kind of falls into place, doesn't it? I mean, usually. Um, so uh, you can give and, and not be right with God and you can give and it not be an act of worship. Um, this isn't an easy subject for, for anybody. It's not an easy subject for me. I, uh, I've told this, this in here before, um, and I don't, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but like uh, even after I became a pastor, early on, early on when, I, when I was a pastor, um, before Becky and I were even married. Now, by the way, Becky is one of, the, for me, she has taught me so much with generosity. Um, not that I'm stingy, but um, she's just, She's great with all of that. I remember when I was a bachelor, though, and I was, and I was a minister, um, there was a season where, like, I got behind on my, on tithing. Uh, and I, I mean, it was like, first of all, if there's like a bill that you want to get behind on, I don't, don't recommend getting behind on tithing. Um, and I, but I did. And it was, it was a season, and it, like, I mean, I didn't, like, like, intentionally go down that road. It was just, like, it was, like, you know, the, the first one, and the second one, and finally it was, like, six months or so. I'm, like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And then I'm a pastor on top of that, and I, I had to, our tithes go to um, national office, and um, oh, so I called our secretary treasurer and humbled myself. <laughs> I said, I am so sorry. I don't know what, to, I, don't, I don't know what to do, like, what do you what do you want me to do? Do you want me to like uh, give my credentials back, or do you want like what do you what do you want? And we worked out we worked out a way where um, because it's the heart of it, right? I mean they could have just forgiven the whole thing, but what we um, and they were so good with me, a young minister figuring this thing out. We worked out a payment plan. <laughs> I paid God back. I paid God back because I was because uh, I robbed from Him, is what Malachi said. Um, that's humbling to talk about, isn't it? I say that to say that I get it. I, I, really, I really understand um, how hard it is. In fact, I was, driving around, um, I was driving around the other day, and I was thinking about this concept of giving and, and 
you know, trying to figure out which, which direction am I going to go with the message, and, and the Lord, you know, usually it, it takes days where it's just kind of, kind of brewing in here, and I'm wrestling with concepts, and, and I felt like the Lord asked me, or kind of said this to me, he said, um, do you really understand what you're asking of them? I'm like, like, obey you with tithes and <laughs> offerings, and he's like, no, do you, do you, like, get, do you really get it? I started to really think about, you know that the median out household income in Buffalo County is 55000 a little north of $55,000 for, for household income. And uh, so, I mean, some people are less and some people are more. Some are individuals and whatever. I mean, you know, but I'm thinking for the median household income, this is what, this is what I'm asking as a spiritual leader in this or organization, <laughs> this church, is, hey, every year would you give $5,500? Now, in my world, that's a big deal. And, and even if it was like, hey, you make $20,000 or $30,000, I'm, I'm asking for two or three a year for the Lord. I'm like, oh, my goodness. It started to like, I'm like so then I started thinking this. Um, I've been giving regularly. Like I've been tithing and all of that since I was a little kid. Like for my whole life, like every 10 cents, one penny belonged to Jesus. Every dollar, 10 cents belonged to Jesus. Like I just, I just knew that. I knew exactly what I was doing when I wasn't tithing all those years ago and had to call the national office. Like, I, like I, it's not like I, oh, I didn't know. You know, I, that wouldn't have worked if I called them and said, I, I'm sorry, I didn't, I never, I <laughs> didn't know. No, I knew, I knew. My whole life I knew. So it's like, it's habit. I have always, always lived off 90%. And the Lord started talking to me about, about that. And he's like, so what if you're talking to somebody who's never, never given 10%? Do you realize they haven't budgeted for this? <laughs> and then he started talking to me about, hey, and do you know this? Some of the people that you're asking to even obey and in other words the lord's having grace here he's like he's just wanted to say hey this isn't just like a this isn't just something that's really easy he's like this 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 is this is a step he's like some of these people they're in debt up to their eyeballs and you're asking them to give 10 percent of their income he's like some of these people are in in debt up to their eyeballs and have uh, more expenses than income and I'll tell you what, I don't have a, necessarily a solution for all that. I, that's not necessarily what all this is about. We can, we, can, we can talk later. But what I did realize was, this is huge. This is a big deal. And I never want you to feel like, like you're um, going to a church and where the pastor tries to guilt and manipulate money and all of that type of stuff. What I want you to know is, I get it because it's been hard for me but it's also been something that has been part of my life since I was a kid. And if you didn't grow up in that environment, man, I just want you to know, I, I feel for you. It doesn't make it right, but maybe there's, by the end of this, maybe at least something in your heart will start moving, you're like the needle a little bit towards where God wants you to be. Because the answer isn't do nothing. The answer is God what can I do to draw closer to you in this area that's so hard? Does that make sense?
I hope that helps. Hope that helps. Hey, I want to. I just want to share, share uh, two points with you, but they're really long. No, not really. Two points here. Th- this 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 first this first one. When we're talking about when we're talking about fully engaged giving, I started I, I started thinking about um, about worshiping Him because fully engaged giving requires a heart of worship and a realization that it's all God's anyway. And so worshiping Him with our giving worshiping him and and i'll tell you this there are some of you that have gotten in such a habit giving that it hasn't been worshiped for a long time and so even those of us that that give on a regular basis it just it's just like time to make the donuts it's just that it's just i'm want to challenge you that that like, oh, this message, you're starting to check out now because this message doesn't apply to you because you faithfully give. Can I say knock it off? When was the last time you worshiped him with your money? This is a big deal. It's a really big deal because you're no better than somebody, we're gonna talk about some, some Pharisees later that gave regularly. At some level, you've gotta say, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, this represents hard-earned money this represents time this represents part of my identity this represents like like my life and and i worship you with this i worship you with this there was a uh here mark mark chapter 12 uh, read it in the passion translation um jesus is watching a scenario play out, which is really interesting to me. Um, I think there's just a principle that Jesus is watching. <laughs> that he knows. He knows if you've been naughty or nice. <laughs> all right, all right. Then he sat down near the offering box, watching all the people dropping in their coins. Many of the rich would put in very large sums. But a destitute widow walked up and dropped in two small copper coins worth less than a penny. Jesus called his disciples to gather around and and then said to them, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given a larger offering than any of the wealthy. For the rich only gave out of their surplus but she sacrificed out of her poverty and gave to God all that she had to live on, which was everything that she had. Just interesting. Um, this isn't necessarily prescriptive, but it's descriptive. In other words, there, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, so um, next time you need gas in your vehicle, and it's, instead of putting gas in, why don't you give your money to the, to the church? But I am saying, why don't you ask the Lord about what he wants you to do with your your money so here's a situation uh, this doesn't mean that like we now god's saying hey every time you know give it all everything to live on give it all but he is saying hey um are you serving money or are you serving me that's what he's asking that's the question that he's asking you um but she put in two small Two small copper coins. Uh, most translations say it was. It's like the widow's mite. You've heard heard of that before. It was the widow's mite, and the interesting thing, like, 
for me as a pastor of a church where we have a church budget and things like this I would in the natural much rather have um, the large sums of money that the other people put in like the two copper coins don't pay the bills right can we at least use some logic and reason here some of you are like, well, wait a minute, pastor, but, it, you know, spiritually speaking, I'm like, I know, I'm, a, I'm the pastor. I get the spiritually speaking part. I'm just saying, more money, less money. And Jesus wasn't worried about that. Jesus wasn't worried about the sum. In fact, he would have rather had a whole congregation of people that gave the two copper coins and letting the details work themselves out because he's always after the heart. He's never just, just after resources and money. Right? He, got, he has it all. <laughs> could, at some level, could we say he doesn't need your money? He needs your heart. Absolutely. I've always... Um, I've always liked the statement that I heard, are the resources you're holding your bread for you to eat or seed for you to sow? Because sometimes we over-spiritualize the, the giving principles and we end up giving away the stuff that God says, wait a minute, no, that was for you to use, that was for you to eat. And, we, and so we get to this kind of almost over-spiritualizing place of it's all... It's all, you know, to give away, and I'm just going to give it all away, right? But then on the other side, you know, um, the, the part that we're supposed to sow, and, and a lot of times in Scripture, money is, is described as, as seed, where, where you sow it in order to then reap a harvest. And, and, and hopefully you know that reaping that, that harvest, that, that doesn't always just mean more money. we'll see that here in a minute that there are um, there are lots of different types of blessings the lord wants to bring into your life and you sow a, a seed of faith and and there's there's lots of things that god wants to do in your life but wouldn't it be silly to eat your seed and sow your bread right, it doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense let's like dig a hole in the ground we're gonna put bread in it and then watch what happens and then we're going to go to the table, the kitchen table, and we're all going to sit down and just eat a bunch of seeds. Can we at least agree that that's silly? And in the same way, that's where we ask the Lord, is this my seed to sow or is this my bread to eat? Couldn't that, isn't that just a good prayer? But it requires you to bring your resources in and to, say, and to actually pray the prayer. Is this my seed to sow or is this my bread to eat? In Jesus' eyes, this, this lady, she, was, she gave more than the rich. And what does that mean? I think it means a couple of things. I think, I think percentage-wise, in comparison, percentage-wise, um, she gave everything, and they gave, um, uh, you know, this is just a little tax write-off, you know. This is, this, they, they, they gave, you know, some money out of their couch cushions. They, they gave a little bit, just a little bit off. It didn't hurt. In other words, it didn't hurt them to give. It hurt her because she gave everything. And so percentage-wise, and she, she gave way more in comparison. Um, the level of sacrifice was way more. But I also believe this. 
the level of, king, of kingdom impact was way more. In, in God's economy, those two coins carried more supernatural power to unlock kingdom resources than the bags of money that others were dropping in. It's like these two copper coins that you could just kind of rub together, right? When she put, put those in, there was more supernatural power on those that unlocks kingdom resources than, than the, the person that just kind of just dropped in some handfuls, some wads of hundreds. <laughs> What's that saying? Sometimes we have this, this mindset that I, I like, what, 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 what am I going to do about that? I, I can't help the, uh, this big project. I can't, I can't do, like, my money doesn't really matter. The church doesn't need my two copper coins. And, and you're right, in the natural, in the natural, but in the spirit, and if we're trying to live by the spirit, in the spirit, your two copper coins hold power to unlock something over this church, over your life, over, over your family, over the city. Like, there is so much more kingdom potential in you giving in that way than throwing wads of hundreds that don't even matter anything to you. Here, here's number two. Oh, we might be out before lunch this time. All right. Here, here's number two, trusting him. I, I, I'm worshiping him and trusting him. These are like, these are the two things that I, hopefully, we could agree to disagree on, on some certain things regarding finances in the Bible. What you can't disagree on is that it was probably uh, it talked about more than almost anything else in the Bible is, is, is money. But here's one thing, trusting him. Listen to this. If I don't give from a heart of worship, then giving becomes just a donation. And if I don't view it as God's, then giving becomes all about me. So are you just giving a donation or are you giving worship? And if, you, and if it's all yours, then, then there's some other motive in your heart than, than worshiping God. If it's all yours, then, then what? Are you, are you patting yourself on the back? You feel better about yourself now that you gave? Were you, were you hoping somebody saw you give so you look spiritual? Or, well, what? what? What is it? Because if it's not all God's, it's something else. It's something else. I'm proposing that it, that it, that it might all be his. And so here's, here's, here's a couple of questions for us to think about. Are we trusting him with our money or are we trusting him with his money? Are we trusting him with our money or his money? Are we trusting him with our possessions or, or his possessions? And this mindset, it's a hard one. And I know, to, I, I know, I know that, this, that it, it, this is an uncomfortable topic sometimes. And, and if, if, you, if, you, if you're one, you're just like, I love this. Like, great. There might be some of you are like, I wish this was over. Wherever you're at in this, could we at least agree that the, this is a topic that's on Jesus' heart? This mindset's hard because this is, this is how it is. is. It feels like I earned this money. It feels like I worked for it, <laughs> right? Because at some level I did. I, I, get the, I get the paycheck or the direct deposit or I go and work. Like it feels like I, I did this. Like this is mine. 
and not in a selfish way, but just in a logic and reason way. Like, I worked for this. At some level, it feels like, like it's mine. I, I bought this, whatever, the house or the car. Like, these are, and so it makes sense then, even in worship, even in worship, for you to say, hey, I'm gonna give God part of my hard-earned money. I mean, and that's, it's not a horrible thought, it's just an incomplete thought. Because the truth is that it's all God's. It's all God's. I wonder what, how we would think differently if we approached our resources, our, our money, our, our homes, our apartments, our, our vehicles, our, any of our resources as, no, this is all his. I'm just, I'm just a manager of his resources. I'm just a steward of his resources. Um, Luke 16. There's a, this is a really interesting place. And again, it's a heart exposure. Verse 10, it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Again, this is a place where Jesus is saying, can I trust you? <laughs> with little and some of us we want we want more and I'll, I'll be honest there are people in this world that don't even love Jesus that are making lots and lots of money anybody agree with that okay so we'll just get that out on the table because there's a well what about all those people like yeah I get it I get it it's not all it's not always a monetary amount it's uh, in fact you're going to see here in just a couple of verses that that it goes beyond just what's in your bank account. Watch this. Verse 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, now in the original language, this word is mammon. In fact, some of your Bibles say mammon. And there is a spirit behind money. There's an actual demonic spirit behind money. And, and, and here we're going to start to see, like, you can worship the spirit of money or you can worship God, but you can't worship both. So, so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with what kind of riches? True riches. What do you think that means? A lot of times we breeze past scriptures like that and we're like, true riches, right? We're like, yeah, man. I'm going to hit it big with God, you know. And, and I think it includes, it includes, um, you know, financial provision and all of those things. But I think this goes way beyond. I think true riches are, are like the, the real deal. Like the, he's saying, I, I can't trust you with even supernatural gifts. <laughs> I can't trust you with, with heaven's Resources. If you can't even be trusted with worldly resources, that's really what he's saying. And some of us, like at, at a heart level, we really want to to like roll in like kingdom power and kingdom resources and and all of the stuff that we read about uh, of of the miracles and all of it. Like we want to roll here. And he's saying he's saying, but here's the test: um, How are you gonna how are you gonna handle even worldly stuff? He goes on and, and says, and, and if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, 
who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I was, I was just thinking, well, practically, how does that work out? Well, there may be someone in here that you really want to own a home, but you're living in an apartment or a, or a rental or something like this, and God's saying, hey, that's actually my rental. That's actually my, my apartment. I know it, it, you, it seems like it's somebody else's. It seems like it's the land, but it's actually mine, and I've given you this, and I want to see how you handle how you steward this rental. Do you, like my grandma and my mom, and like they would always say, leave the place better than you found it. Right? Leave the place better than you found it. And so at some level, God's saying to you, like, hey, you want this, but I'm testing you with this. Have you been faithful with the apartment? Are you treating the place you're living as if you owned it or as if God owned it? What if you treated it as if God owned it? I wonder how we would, how, what would change in our life if we walked in and I'm like, this is God's house. This is God's vehicle. This is God's whatever. And I'm just a manager. I'm just a steward. So how do we respond to this? tell you how we're not going to respond we're not going to respond by taking another offering today <laughs> everyone's like Whew. right i mean uh, we pre preach sermons like this and and it, and it makes people feel awkward sometimes like what's he going to ask for what project are we giving to now and all of this that is furthest from the point it's it's an opportunity for you to say, to say god here's where i'm at honestly I'm frustrated because I've always wanted to tithe and I've never been able to afford it. Aren't there people that think? Like, I, I assume this. I assume that you've always wanted to be able to give to the Lord the way the Bible says. I assume that right now. I assume that you've sat there and every time that you've come to church that they've asked for the offering, there's something inside you like, I wish I could. I really wish I could because I want to worship God in this way. And, I, and, and so here's, here's some suggestions for you. Is pick a starting place. Some people in this room will say, Jonathan, just tell them to like, like start doing the whole 10% and let them figure out the rest. I'm like, well, God may say that to you, but I think God is wanting to tell you pick a starting place. And that may be where you say, you know what, I'm in so much debt right now and I don't know how to figure it out and, and I'm going to go and I'm going to actually sit down with somebody that knows money more than me and we're going like, to figure this thing out because my heart is I want to get there and I'm right here. Wouldn't that be, is that good, a good starting place? Uh, in other words, you're never going to just accidentally wake up one day and start doing it the way God wants you to do it. You've got to pick a starting place. It, it may mean that, that you have to sit down with somebody and look at your expenses and your income and say, and say something doesn't add up here, and I know it's embarrassing, but I trust you. Would you just, would you show me some things because I, I, can't, I can't figure this thing out on my own anymore. There are people in this church that know money really well. 
And that's, I bet you anything. If you came to me and said, could you point me in the right direction of somebody that understands money? Um, would you, like, I'd love to just sit down and figure that out. Okay? Those are a couple good places to start. With the heart that says, I want to get there, I'm here. I need, I need to, I want to make a step in the, in the right direction. And, and here's another thing. It may mean, too, that at some level, God says, God says, I, um, here's a monetary amount or here's something that you own and I'd like you to, to take a step of faith. But however God's wanting you to do it, it may be, it may look like the widow's might, the widow's two copper coins and I'm gonna give everything to the Lord. It may look like that. It doesn't always look like that. But what it does look like is a step of faith, a, the needle pointing in the right direction the answer isn't do nothing. And here's the why. Because faith requires action and our money and resources are some of the best ways to worship him by trusting him. That's it. Oh my goodness, like it has been a journey for me. It'll continue to be a journey because money and resources will always be a revealer of what's going on in my heart. It will always be. There will always be a temptation for me to want to take matters into my own hands. There will always be a temptation for me to feel like this is mine and not his. And I'm always, I'm probably having to take up my cross. Pastor Kelly, you can come. I could probably have to take up my cross like daily on this. It says, wait a minute, no, this is his. This is his. Something Becky and I started doing is uh, um, every once in a while we get you know, you get a surprise check in the mail or you get a bonus or you get, you know, whatever it might be. And we'd always be like, oh, great. This is, now we can go and do whatever we've been thinking about doing. And what we just started doing, we just started saying, all right, hey, before we ever get that, Lord, when we have the next windfall of money, are you wanting us to do anything with that besides what we've been planning on? It's just a simple question. It's just like, God, hey, this is all yours. And sometimes he blesses me because he wants me to go and, and get that thing, and sometimes he blesses me because he wants me to be a blessing. I hope this helps, guys. Worship with our giving. Some of you this morning the challenging part for you is that you've been a faithful giver, but it's been a long time since you've worshipped him with your giving. And I'd like you to take a moment with the Lord and admit it to him that you've just been in a habit and you haven't worshipped him. And I want you to just ask him what he wants you to do about it. It might mean that you need to repent. <laughs> he might want you to do something. I don't know what it might be. But I guarantee you, when that turns into worship, it's going to have kingdom power on it. Some of you, like you've never given, or you're somewhere in between. And all I'm asking is you to just say, Jesus, here's where I'm at. And here's where I want to be. And just be honest with him. Can we stand this morning? We're just going to worship him with this song and 
This may be a good opportunity as you're even standing there to just let the Lord examine your heart and what it means to be a fully engaged giver, a worshiper with your resources. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we trust you. We really do trust you. We really do trust you. In Jesus' name. Let's worship him.